Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Healthy vs. Toxic, the podcast where licensed mental health professionals explore what makes a relationship healthy or unhealthy or even abusive, all from a scientifically informed perspective. Hello, this is Dr. Grande. Today's question asks if I can talk about the signs of a daughter who is overly dependent on her mother, specifically from the point of view of the daughter's mother. So the types of behaviors that the mother would be able to observe. I'll answer this question by looking at the 10 signs of a daughter with dependent personality traits. So dependent behavior in a relationship is a complicated topic. Dependent behavior is unusual in the sense that, to some extent, parts of it require action by more than one person if it's going to continue for a long time. So more than just the person who's demonstrating the dependent personality traits. For example, if somebody is avoidant in a relationship, they can do that alone. That doesn't require another person. If somebody's narcissistic in a relationship, that can continue again without another person really doing anything. But if somebody is dependent in a relationship over a long period of time, again, to some extent, the other person is encouraging, allowing, facilitating, or enabling that behavior in some way. This phenomenon is called codependency. Now, a lot of people think of codependency as being related to substance use and in the context of a romantic relationship. And this does happen quite a bit, but it can also occur in a parent-child relationship, like the mother-daughter relationship. So in a sense, this gets into the area of active dependent characteristics and passive dependent characteristics. So if a daughter repeatedly uses her mother's car without permission, and the mother doesn't know that the car is being used, that represents passive dependent characteristics because the mother is not complicit with the daughter's behavior. She's not supporting the behavior. However, if the mother loans the car repeatedly to the daughter while telling the daughter that the behavior is not appreciated, the mother is playing an active role. The mother has not yet set a boundary that aligns with the behavior that the mother is trying to promote. So with that in mind, we'll move to the 10 signs. When I use the term daughter, as I'm listing these signs, I'm referring to the daughter with dependent personality traits. It's just easier to say daughter. And for the purpose of this list, the daughter in these examples would have moved out on her own and would be married. So now looking at sign number one, the daughter requests support that she doesn't need and asks questions that she doesn't need the answer to. So what I'm really getting at here with this sign is this idea that the daughter wants to make sure that the mother doesn't forget about the daughter's needs or the daughter's neediness. So really, this establishes a pattern of dependency, even when at the moment the daughter might not have any pressing needs. Sign number two, the daughter repeatedly verifies that she has a safety net in the mother in that relationship. So the daughter wants to make sure that she can return to the mother's home at any time, like if her marriage fails or she loses her job, 
She wants to make sure that the mother doesn't reallocate resources the daughter might need. For example, the daughter may want the mother to keep her old vehicle when she buys a new one, just in case the daughter might need it someday. Sign number three, the daughter will allow the mother to take over any and all of the daughter's responsibilities. The daughter is afraid of the mother's disapproval. So even if the daughter believes the mother has taken over too much in terms of decision-making and other responsibilities, the daughter is not going to act to stop her. So as we can see here, the main motivator for the daughter is fear, not greed. Sign number four, the daughter will frequently ask advice about relatively unimportant decisions. She might ask the mother what she should wear, what she should buy at the grocery store, or what shows she should watch on television. So the dependent characteristics really run deep. They're not just about serious issues like life or death issues or being homeless or not having a car or something like that. They even extend into really minor decisions. Sign number five, the daughter is afraid to talk about accomplishments that make her appear confident or competent because she's afraid that if she appears that way, the mother will start to withdraw support. So really every narrative ends in the daughter being unsure of herself, regardless of her actual performance. For instance, say the daughter just received a good grade in a college course. The daughter might say, well, that's just luck. The grade was based on a group assignment and her classmates did all the work. It was a good subject for her, but other classes are really going to be challenging. So she'll make up excuses as to why she did well, instead of really pointing to anything, again, regarding her confidence or her competency. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page. Welcome to the Bravery Academy. My name is Emma Ferris and I'm your host. This podcast is crafted to share the stories of courageous individuals who've overcome adversity and found the courage to live their best lives. We'll explore the science of well-being, courage and connection and interview top thought leaders, game changers and survivors. And it's from these stories that we learn what resilience is, how to heal, how to recover and how to be brave. Sign number six, the daughter refuses to move away from the general area where the mother lives unless the mother is going to move wherever the daughter is planning on moving. Similarly, if the mother is planning on moving, the daughter is going to move as well. Now, this can cause a strain in the daughter's marital relationship if the husband wants to move for a career opportunity or he would just rather live in another area altogether. Those options are really just off the table. Again, that relationship with the mother doesn't really have that flexibility. The daughter's not thinking in terms of ever being geographically separated from the mother. Sign number seven, the daughter is at an increased risk of having avoidant or borderline personality traits. So the core traits of dependent personality disorder, which is a mental disorder featuring extreme dependent traits, are anxiousness, submissiveness, and separation anxiety. So the overlap with avoidant and borderline personality traits is not really surprising. Sign number eight, if the daughter is cut off from the mother in some way, so the mother cuts the daughter off from support, the mother moves away and the daughter is unable to move with her, 
or if the mother passes away, the daughter will find a replacement very quickly. It could be the mother-in-law, it could be a friend, but whoever it is, she will search for somebody else and find support. Sign number nine, if the mother withdraws support to her daughter, the daughter will claim that she is experiencing a setback, even if she's not really experiencing one. So in a sense, we really see potential manipulation here in both directions. The daughter attempting to manipulate the situation by saying she's experiencing a setback and needs more support, and the mother withdrawing the support in an effort to communicate that she is in control of that relationship. This is a good example of that codependency construct I was talking about before. Both people get something from the relationship. They depend on each other, but in different ways. Sign number 10, there is a clear flow of resources moving from the mother to the daughter and limited or no resources moving in the other way. This is referred to as an aid pattern. So between a mother and a daughter, we see both high reciprocity and low reciprocity aid patterns and mother dependent and daughter dependent aid patterns. This fits into the low reciprocity daughter dependent aid pattern. And we see this at many levels. The daughter could have an allowance, like something she had when she still lived in the mother's home. So she gets money regularly without having to really do anything for it. There may be a direct payment of certain bills. So the mother might pay the cell phone bill or the car insurance bill of her daughter. Again, maybe she did that before, or maybe it's new after the daughter moved out. The daughter may have direct access to the mother's credit cards and checks and use them regularly. So for certain items or for all items, the daughter might pull out the mother's credit card and simply use it, and that's an arrangement that they have. We also see that any attempt that the mother makes to limit the access to resources is met with a strong emotional reaction. And this is really similar to the frantic efforts to avoid abandonment symptom criterion we see with borderline personality disorder. And I talked about that disorder before. There's often overlap between dependent and borderline personality characteristics. So those are the 10 signs of a daughter with dependent personality traits. If the traits are extreme and result in a diagnosis of dependent personality disorder, or even if they just interfere with functioning in some way, seeking counseling is really a good idea. A counselor can help both the daughter and the mother to set better boundaries and to have a healthier relationship. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. The producers for this show are Christopher Brightigan and Madison Linden. The executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. For more content, please visit our website at arslanga.media. To leave feedback or suggestions, send an email to info at arslanga.media. To find more content from Dr. Grande, including a link to his YouTube channel and his other Ars Longa podcasts, visit our website at arslanga.media. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as medical or mental health advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Hi there, I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. 
It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no.